Hey everyone, Nate Hale here. Today I'm bringing you a clip from a show I think you'll all enjoy, One Strange Thing. If you're looking for something a little fantastic, a little funny, and a little wondrous, this podcast is right up your alley. Twice a month, One Strange Thing brings you some of the oddest stories from America's regional newspaper archives. And these tales all have something in common. They are entirely true and feature elements that can't be explained by logic alone. After listening to episodes about a house in Atlanta that bleeds, or a ring that was lost on one continent and found on another, or a man who was struck by lightning and regained his sight, well, you'll begin to wonder about the oddities hiding in your own hometown. This is the perfect show for lovers of cryptids, haunted houses, curses, unexplained phenomena, you know, the good stuff. And today I'm sharing a clip from their recent episode exploring the myths and history behind Michigan's most infamous and, it's fair to say, most beloved cryptid. Be sure to follow One Strange Thing wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are released every other Tuesday. And now a taste of episode 66, The Dog Man. I'm Laura Norton, and this is One Strange Thing the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. Strangers, let's talk werewolves. We know them. We love them. We somehow accept that they are played by men who transform from waxed chest Lotharios into slavering, hirstute beasts. We admit it's a strange modern conceit, but we have affection for the whole werewolf genre. Whether you favor the full wolf, the man-wolf, or something in between, there's a take on the classic werewolf for everyone. Of course, we don't always use that word, werewolf. In fact, when it comes to cryptids, the language has some variety. Beast, monster, giant wolf, even wolf man has held strong. And certainly, the Americas have presented our own takes on the genre, both in folklore and film and even in urban legend. Folklorists and indigenous scholars have pointed out the similarities between the European werewolf and versions of the skinwalker and the wendigo and other figures and creatures from different belief systems and the mythologies of continents around the world. But there are also stories floating around that don't fit into any traditional narratives at all. In the past 40 years, give or take, a new term has picked up in popularity, Dogman. We are not referring to the popular children's graphic novel character, no, this is a term that is apparently native to the state of Michigan, and we will get to that, but its use has spread across the country and is used to describe all kinds of supernatural canid sightings. As far as we know, a dogman is a cryptid, in contrast with your classic werewolf. What is a classic werewolf? Well, to our understanding, it has, or had at some point, a fully human form. And a dogman? It doesn't, as far as we can tell. That's what makes it a cryptid, a creature. It might be anthropomorphic, and it might not. 
Maybe it's more active around the full moon, but maybe it isn't. Maybe it's that word, dog, that widens the scope. Wolf conjures up something specific, but dog, well, the playing field gets nice and wide. So, why's the man bit there in the first place? As we mentioned, the anthropomorphic features, namely the human-like aspects, they aren't required, but there must be something beyond the canid. As far as we can tell, it can be based on the creature's appearance, but it's more their actions and perceived intelligence. They seem to be their own special breed, or breeds perhaps, of supernatural, which puts them directly into the cryptid category, along with more popular and similarly hairy entries, like Bigfoot or our personal favorite, the skunk ape. Based on witness accounts, these dogmen might look like wolves or they might look like giant dogs or humans crossed with either. Some are even described as hyena-like. They might walk on two feet or on four, but they always have some bipedal capabilities. These dogmen might be as tall as seven or even 10 feet, or they might look just like a regular dog or a wolf until they don't. In our dogman research, we've come upon a few books and websites that break the cryptid down into much more specific categories, types and variations and even subspecies. There are drawings, there are photos, and of course, in this digital age, there are videos. G.P. Haggard's book, The Michigan Dogman, collects all of these, along with news clippings and even eyewitness accounts. The results, as you might imagine, vary. The clearest photo we've seen is, well, to be honest, it looks like a husky-type dog walking on its hind legs very fast and somehow holding chicken drumsticks in its doggy armpits. But we are not experts. The photo is labeled Canine Variant 1, we certainly agree that this is a dog. Man is perhaps up for debate. And to be honest, strangers, normally we would leave it at that. We've all seen that dog on TikTok that runs around on its hind legs at night, right? It's unsettling, yes, but not supernatural. As far as proof of the paranormal goes, the blurry picture of the husky or the one we saw that we'd best describe as Comic-Con by Night, Rural Edition, was about the best there was. And normally we'd let it go at that. Strange photos are mistaken for the extraordinary all the time, right? But there are many other stories from eyewitnesses and varying sorts of proof that have come in from across the country and not just in the modern age. And these dogmen sightings are distinct from alleged Bigfoot sightings, though you'd imagine that these creatures might be confused. On this show, we've often brought you cryptid stories that focus on a single moment in a single town. You might remember our forays into the legends of the Dover Demon or the Flatwoods Monster, but sometimes a legend is simply wider encompassing a state or even a region. And that's what we have for you today. 
because the dog man is a bit of an enigma. For a relatively obscure cryptid, the Dogman has had staying power since the late 1980s at least, a power that some believe waxes and wanes, not on the schedule of the moon, but rather by the decade. And we'll get to that in a minute. Canine cryptid sightings have been reported for at least 150 years all over the United States, and many of those are now retroactively being called dogman encounters, though the language itself is fairly new. And the most common region for a sighting of a dogman is the Midwest. You might say he was born there, in Michigan to be exact. And that's where we're headed today, the Mitten State, holding this cryptid tenderly in its fuzzy little palm. Why so many dogman sightings in Michigan? Perhaps canids have an appreciation for lakes. Or, possibly, it's Michigan's millions of acres of forest. Or, maybe, it has something to do with the events of a particularly eventful day in April of 1987. That, strangers, is another topic that we'll be getting to. But for now, know that there's just something about Michigan that makes these cryptid canids feel especially at home. On this podcast, we've frequently mentioned a reporter-turned-cryptid expert named Linda Godfrey. She was a regular journalist on a small-town beat when the Beast of Bray Road phenomena caught fire in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, way back in the 1980s. Since then, she's written books on a number of such cryptid creatures, Though she's traveled all over the United States, she has a special affection for the cryptids of the Midwest. And most importantly, she still reports on them, occasionally even with some skepticism. And because she began as a journalist, eyewitnesses come to her with stories that they might not share with other people. She's written two books on werewolves in America, and it's no surprise that one of them is primarily devoted to the Michigan Dogman. Her book on the subject opens with her experience of running through the Michigan woods, accompanied by the camera crew for the show Monster Quest, and in the presence of something distinctly inhuman. She follows that up with the eyewitness reports of Dogman sightings from across the region, but largely concentrated in northern Michigan. Most were reported in the last 40 years, and most of what Linda records are experiences from the late 20th and early 21st century. This is interesting, since Michigan Public Radio writes that the first sightings of a werewolf-like creature in the Great Lakes state probably came in the late 19th century. Per Michigan Public Radio, the story goes like this, quote, That's when two lumberjacks saw a creature they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. A monster, they might have called it. Or a creature. But not then, we guess, a dogman proper. When NPR spoke with a local historian, Rachel Clark, of the Michigan History Center, she explained that this early story was reported and then passed along by the region's loggers. Which makes sense when you consider how robust the lumber industry in Michigan was at the time. As NPR notes, quote, 
In the 1870s, Michigan was the leading white pine lumber producer in the nation. Now, normal wolves of the non-supernatural variety, they are adaptable creatures who can live in all sorts of habitats. But they are fond of forests, and we know that construction and deforestation can disturb wildlife. In fact, the environmental impact of commerce has been blamed for many Bigfoot sightings, or bear sightings if you don't believe in Bigfoot, throughout the years. But the description of a man's body with a dog's head seems really specific, doesn't it? Scary, but not as frightening as a wolf. That's actually what a local Michigan DJ named Steve Cook thought when he decided to write a song called The Legend, nearly a hundred years after that first sighting. You see, Steve Cook wanted a spooky tune, but not something too spooky. So he decided that a dog man, not a wolf man, would be the perfect choice. He released this song in April of 1987. Remember when we mentioned that fateful month and fateful year? Now, this episode doesn't focus on a single dogman sighting originating in that month, but Steve Cook's song seems to have brought stories out of the woodwork, or the forest. Some of those stories dated back as early as the 1930s. Some were current, but for many people, the lyrics to Steve Cook's song, The Legend, were hauntingly familiar and reminded them of experiences that they had tried very hard to forget. According to the Times-Herald, on April 1st, 1987, over an electronic beat, Steve Cook spoke, and we mean he spoke, the following words, or very close to them. He performed this song for his listeners under his popular radio alter ego, Bob Farley. Despite that, it was apparently a rather spooky moment. He began. A cool summer morning in early June is when the legend began. At a nameless logging camp in Wexford County, where the Manistee River ran. Eleven lumberjacks near the Garland Swamps found an animal they thought was a dog. In a playful mood, they chased it around till it ran inside a hollow log. A logger named Johnson grabbed him a stick and poked around inside. Then the thing let out an unearthly scream and came out and stood upright. None of those men ever said very much about whatever happened then. They just packed up their belongings and left that night, never heard from again. You'll note, strangers... That story seems to reference the same events that Michigan historian Rachel Clark discussed earlier in the show. It goes on from there. Every decade, the dogman appeared, as the Times-Herald noted, in the eighth year of the decade. Steve Cook went on to describe other alleged sightings, including the following. In 57, a man of the cloth found church marks on an old church door. The newspaper said they'd been made by a dog. He'd have had to stood seven foot four. In 67, a van load of hippies told a park ranger named Quinlan they'd been awakened in the night by a scratch at the window. There was a dog man looking in and grinning. Moore followed until he finally finished with the words, 
Have the dogmen gone away? Have they disappeared? Soon enough, I guess we'll know, cause this is the time for fear. For another ten years has come around, the seventh year is here, and somewhere in the Northwood darkness, a creature walks upright. And the best advice you may ever get is to never go out at night. Did Steve Cook make this connection between sightings and cycles, or was it already known? Hard to say, because as soon as he played that song, he received a huge response. The radio station's lines lit up. Listeners asked for him to play it again and again, and then they began to call and write with their own dogman stories, ones that lined up with the things Steve Cook had mentioned in his song. And strangers, it should have been a moment for true cryptozoological excitement, a unifying moment, a true believer, reassured and galvanized by his fans. Except for one strange thing. Steve Cook had made the whole thing up as an April Fool's prank. And we mean he really made it up. Steve Cook said that he even went so far as to create the phrase dog man. He'd picked it up and chosen bits of local folklore and stories, but as he later told the Skeptic magazine, he'd quote, made it up completely from my own imagination as an April Fool's prank. Or so Steve thought. But things have a way of taking on a life of their own. <laughs> 